Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good to be here with you today, and uh, my heart goes a little bit faster when I hear Pastor John talk about uh, the the high schoolers that are heading over to Africa, because my son is a part of that team, so... I know that I speak on behalf of the rest of the parents that are on that uh, trip, of the kids on that trip, that we really covet your prayers. And um, we, we got word that they've landed, and you know, they had a 17-hour flight from Atlanta to Johannesburg, and uh, now a six-hour bus ride from Johannesburg into uh, Iswatini. So plenty to pray for, and excited to hear the stories of what God's going to do uh, when, when they get back. So um, I love you guys. I'm thankful for a couple of weeks where we can spend together. I know it's spring break and some of you are forced to be here and that's okay. Um, but those of you that are online, super thankful for you too. I want to talk about friendship for a couple of weeks. The series that we're starting this weekend is called Let's Be Friends. And I know right, right, right away when I say that, there's some of you that go, why do we need a series about friendship? Like, I'm the master at friendship. You know, I got friends my whole life. I don't need any more. I'm good to go. I know everything about it. Good for you. That's awesome. I'm praying for you and thankful for you. God loves you. Others of you, you go, I, I had friends once. I tried it. Didn't care for it. And uh, that's why I've kind of moved on to some other isolated lifestyle, and uh, so God bless you too. I'm just hoping and praying that uh, God will kind of work on your heart. I, I know that there's a bunch, though, in here that have had struggles with friendship, uh, maybe a particular season, maybe you're in one right now, or maybe it's something uh, that's been just sporadic here and there, but you know that you need friends and you want friends, and Maybe over a couple of weeks, God can encourage you in a way that would minister to you. And then lastly, there's probably a group of you here that you have such a heart for people, you're so inclined to pour yourself out on behalf of other people that currently, as you sit, you've got 374,391 best friends and you don't know how to manage one more person in your life. I mean, your heart really is truly for all people, but you find yourself constantly pouring out and then receiving very little. And so I'm praying the same thing for you, that somewhere in the midst of all of this, all of us, kind of regardless of where we're at with regard to friendship, God would be able to minister just for a few weeks. Um, I think it's really key and really important. Today, what I'd like to do is spend a little time in the word of God at the beginning, and then at the end, uh, I would like to do a little bit of activity with each other, uh, just kind of processing through our friendships, it's that okay? And, and then, you know, we can kind of go a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, can I get an amen or a ride on or a woohoo? Um, I grew up in an era where, like, I lived vicariously 
uh, through the friendships that I saw on TV. Because growing up, there were a lot of like amazing television friendships. I grew up in Los Angeles, so uh, Chips, da, 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 that was filmed there. So Ponch and John, the California Highway Patrol motorcycle riders, they were the best. I loved their on-screen friendship. It turned out they hated each other off-screen, but that's a whole other story. Uh, I was a kid when Cheers came on. Cheers was a great sitcom, and they had the great I know it took place in a bar, but just go with me for a second. <laughs> it had such a good theme song, you know, sometimes you want to go where everybody, see, even if you weren't alive back then, you're vaguely familiar. We can't talk about sitcoms about friends without talking about friends, the sitcom. I mean, this tracked the roller coaster of friendship between 20 and 30-somethings that were guys and girls and just all the stuff that they went through. Um, Cosby had a spinoff called A Different World that I liked for a while because that tracked uh, people that were friends through the college years, which we know are kind of interesting dynamics to friendship. I even learned what it was like to be a friend when I'm going to be a senior citizen someday because I was a big fan, <laughs> like all of you, of the Golden Girls enough to this day to still remember Sophia, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche, all by first name, and if you press me hard, I can tell you the actresses' names for each one of those two, but we won't get into that today. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a TV show, even, called The Ronnie and Bo Show for a little while. Um, actually, it wasn't a TV show. It was a radio show, and only four people listened, so it wasn't... <laughs> really that special or that great, but that is my real friend, Bo, there, and his glorious beard. Bo is just a true friend, and he's also one of those friends that knows how to bring the joy into my life. He is the Tigger to my Eeyore, and so it's like the best combo, and you've got friends like that, or you are a friend like that. You know, this is the deal. We live in kind of an interesting era right now where you and I have never been more accessible to each other because of our cell phones. And yet at the same time, the statistics for loneliness continue to rise. And the enemy's moving in our relationships. He's moving in so many different ways. God has a tremendous amount to say in his word about friendship. He, he has a heart for friendship. And what he communicates to us at a big 30,000 foot level with regard to friendship is, hey, the enemy's plan is to isolate. And God's plan, his plan is to bring unity and intimacy and closeness the enemy always wants to isolate you from other people and you from the Lord. Look at how many ways and times he's done that in your own life. And then think about God on the other hand. When things are done his way and you're in that sweet spot, you can just sense God's right there in your midst. He's typically brought you in relationship with someone else that's just really special and really powerful and really encouraging, or he's reminded you of how close he wants to be with you. 
Don't forget, it was Jesus that said that he had a desire to be friends with me and you. How crazy is that? That our maker, our creator, who is our master and our king, also calls me and you friend. That's humbling. And there's some tremendous power in that. Because if I only think about God as king and Lord, which he is, but I only operate that way, I think our relationship is a little bit different. If I remember that he is my king and also my friend, and he's done everything possible to make friendship with him a thing, then, then what a gift. I, I can relate differently. In John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples here and then leaves an echo for all of us that are his disciples here today. And here's what he says. It gets to the heart of the matter. He's been talking about what it is to be linked to him as the vine, and then we are the branches. Then he says in verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we know this is a bit of a foreshadow here as Jesus speaks these words. He's also cluing them in about the extent of his love that he's gonna display when he lays his life down for them on the cross and for you and me too. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. When you experience the friendship of Jesus, I believe it's transformational. Yes, when he is your Lord and you're freed and forgiven from sin, massive life transformation takes place. But when you get to continue to walk in friendship with your maker and your savior and your Lord and your king, Jesus, and you experience his grace when you mess up in the friendship, when you experience his mercy, when you aren't such a great friend to him, but he's still faithful in friendship to you back, that sort of experience of the best of all friendships, that, that will bleed out. That, that will make its way to other people. And I think that's the heart and the goal because Jesus desires that we're his ambassadors, that kind of to know us would be to get a glimpse of what it is to interact with Jesus. And that happens when you've got friends who are brothers and sisters in Christ. You can still be a connection point for that friend to Jesus. And then certainly for us to be ambassadors, friends, to those who do not yet know Jesus. This is so huge. That's why I would say that friendship with Jesus is the great launching pad for great friendships with others. Because you're not just doing it out of what you think is best or 
uh, some selfish motivation, but having experienced friendship with Jesus, now we go try to model what we have first received from him to the others in our lives. What a gift. Friendship, you guys, is the top of the list of the good things that God has given us. Yeah, we've just spent a month and a half talking about the hurts and the pains and the sorrows and the suffering, which is legitimate and it's real. But one of the breaths of fresh air that God's given me and you in the midst of challenges and difficulties is friendship. There's nothing like it. We, we also know we gotta watch out because friendship can have tremendous sway on us, can't it? Uh, good or bad, right? All of us could probably stand up and tell some stories about when we were around some really good friends, maybe even godly friends, and our life changed for the better as a result of how they loved us and what they helped us through. We could probably share some stories too about where we opted into friendships with people who weren't particularly healthy and they didn't really care for us and as a result, our life went to a direction that was uh, painful. We got the scars and consequences to show for it. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, one of my favorite Proverbs. It says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. It's so good. It's so true. You don't have to think too hard, and you've seen that. You've experienced it. You walk with wise people, you walk with godly people, and you yourself will just take on the flavor and the character and the nature of who you have surrounded yourself with. You walk with foolish people, well, same thing's gonna happen. You walk with foolish people and your life can take a turn. I like the honesty of this verse that it says it's a companion of fools that's sometimes the one that suffers harm. You know, sometimes it's not even the fool that suffers the harm, but you have cozied up with some foolish people. You're in the proximity, you're in the vicinity, you're in the splash zone of the fools. And then when stuff goes down, why is it that, I don't know, five times out of 10, the consequences, the splash of the foolish behavior skips over the fools and lands on the people that just happen to be hanging out with them at the time. We gotta be really wise and careful about who we choose to be friends. But I would also say this, friendship determines both the quality and the direction of your life and my life. You show me who you have around you and I'll show you where your life is headed. I'll also show you how fast you might get there or whether you might get there at all. I'll show you how much joy you're having on the way or maybe the problems and the sorrow and the challenges and the frustration that you're having on the way. Friendship is an absolute game changer for me and you. And so it's worth us talking about for a little bit. Before we do this little activity together, I wanna take us to the Old Testament to look at one passage very briefly in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. It's almost dead center in your Bible if you're not real familiar. And I wanna give you a little bit of a warning as we take a look at Ecclesiastes because this is a very difficult, challenging, and weird 
book of the Bible. If you've ever read it before, Ecclesiastes is odd. You read through it at one point, you're going right on, this is so true, totally get it, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then you get to another verse in Ecclesiastes and you're like, what is this? Is this even biblical, what I'm reading right now? The, the, the book of Ecclesiastes, the author uses some different text, techniques here to drive home a point. And he's gonna boil it down to two essential things. All of life, he's gonna say, is gonna boil down to fear God and obey him. And number two, enjoy the good gifts God gives you in the midst of this crazy life. But while he takes us on this journey, the, the, the author gives us this kind of uh, gritty look at life. The picture he paints of life in general is filled with grit and honesty and transparency. It paints a picture more of life kind of as we tend to experience it rather than how it should be or could be. So with that, we have to be real careful when you go in and interpret this as you do interpret other books of the Bible, but this one's challenging. Here's what I, side note, here's what I'd recommend. When you're studying the scripture and you're trying to interpret it or understand it, make sure that you learn how to compare scripture against scripture. In other words, if it seems to be teaching something here in Ecclesiastes, and it's a principle that God wants to reinforce in your life and my life, it will be reinforced throughout the whole of scripture. If you pull one verse out of context, though, and read it and take it at face value and don't compare it against the whole, you might be in trouble. For instance, in Ecclesiastes, he repeats the phrase, everything's meaningless, over and over and over again. Now, if you just pull that out of context and you don't drill down on it a little bit, you might go, man, everything's meaningless. I knew it. I'm just going to give. There's no purpose for my life. There's no purpose for you. There's no purpose for me. There's no purpose for the suffering. There's no purpose for friendship. No purpose whatsoever. It's meaningless. The problem is when you compare that principle across the whole of Scripture, that doesn't hold up. Scripture reinforces in multiple places how meaningful and purposeful Life is, which means I have to go back and reinterpret, re-understand what the author of Ecclesiastes is really getting at here. And it comes to the point when he says meaningless, he's really just saying it's a vapor, it goes quick, and it's kind of absurd, which it is, right? The verses we're going to look at right here aren't particularly weird. They're right on the nose with regard to friendship. And they are true across the whole of Scripture. So we can take them to heart right as they are. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. See if any of this resonates with you with regard to relationship and friendship. Look at verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? Uh, teenagers, that verse is not for you, okay? <laughs> Just 
Just saying. Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord, or another translation says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Friendship is key. And and as we process it in light of these verses and some other scriptures regarding friendship, I would love just to spend the rest of our time doing a little bit of this activity together. Um, I'm calling it My Friend's Assessment. And it's not rocket science because I put it together, so that tells you how good it's gonna be. But what I did was I jotted down eight phrases regarding healthy friendships. And what I'm gonna invite you to do, I'm gonna work my way through these, did I do eight or, I did nine, nine phrases. And as I go through, I'll highlight each of them, but when I give you the phrase, I would love for you just to invite the spirit into the moment, just talk to God right where you are. You can even do it right now, eyes open, you don't need to close your eyes to pray, you can just talk to him and say, okay Lord, I'm gonna give you today, I'll give you the next couple of weeks, just to speak into my friendships. I want you to increase the capacity of the type of friend that I am, and Lord, would you please also bring the quality of friends that you desire to have around me too. We need to be a certain friend and then surround ourselves with certain friends. And so as you do it, just pray as we go through each one. Does this sound like me? Or is this one way off? And so as I go through the phrases, Pick one of two responses to each of these evaluators, either yes or grow, okay? Yes, this totally sounds like me and my friendships, and then you can thank God for that. Or, I got some growth to do. I need to grow in this particular area that scripture highlights that's coming up with regard to my friendships. Because if you get more grows here, then there's no condemnation. If you're struggling in your friendships, um, Jesus doesn't hate you. He just wants to help you. So you don't need to beat yourself up if there's more growth areas than, yes, I've got this down. Okay? Are you ready? All right. Let's start. Number one. My friendships help me accomplish more. Yes or grow. My friendships help me accomplish more. With the best, closest friends in your life, do they help you accomplish more? Do they help you accomplish more Christ-likeness? Do they help you accomplish more ministry? Do they help you accomplish more joy? Do they help you accomplish more work? Do they help you accomplish more uh, of the dreams that God has put on your heart? Two are better than one because they got a good return for their labor or they help each other succeed. So do you have friendships that actually help you accomplish more? They push you forward, they don't pull you back. There are two gentlemen named Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. They passed in the last few years, but they had a best friendship with each other for some 65 years. They met in college, they became fast friends. 
They got hired by Disney at the same time, and their offices were put next to each other. They, they both fell in love with these different women, which was a good thing, and then they decided to get married to the different women in the same year, and then they moved in next door to each other where they lived for 50 plus years next door to each other until they both passed away. And they were responsible. They were a part of these nine old men, two chief ones that were the original animators for all of the original Disney classics. They're responsible for the artistry and then even later on some of the producing and directing of everything from Snow White to Bambi to Pinocchio to Cinderella to Sleeping Beauty to um, Fantasia, fast forward into the 60s to the Jungle Book and to the Fox and the Hound and you know, all the wealth of artistry that came out of these two. In the context of this friendship, And one of their wives was interviewed about them, and she said this about their friendship. She said, Frank and Ollie had a way of lifting each other up to reach heights that they wouldn't have been able to reach alone. And I love that. Because while they're just talking about a good friendship, and in particular, the output of that being animation, how much more so for brothers and sisters in Christ And the encouragement that comes, the accomplishment that can come in God building his kingdom through you and through some support of brothers and sisters that are around you. So, yes or grow. My friendships help me accomplish more. Number two, my friendships pick me up when I'm down. One falls down, friend can reach out and help him up. But it's trouble if you fall down and you got nobody else around you. We don't need to belabor this one because we just spent a few weeks talking about the hardships of life and you know intuitively how key it is to have someone there to pick you up when you fall. When you've fallen emotionally, physically, financially, uh, morally, mentally, whatever, to walk through that alone is an absolute misery. It adds insult to injury. But when you've got a friend that's willing to come and reach out to you and help you back up, walk with you through it, they become like a tangible hand of Jesus to help you through. And maybe you've been able to be that for some other people. Sometimes we're off in such a bad way that we don't have the strength to even reach out for help when we're down that bad. You know what I'm talking about? And you know when you've got those really good friends, you're not even reaching and they come for you anyway? Man, those are the type of friends that God desires us to be and surround ourselves. So, yes or grow. My friendships pick me up when I'm down. Number three, my friendships help keep my spiritual fires lit. You know, we're kind of joking about two people lying together and the warmth that comes when you kind of cuddle up together. But in a spiritual sense, it's also pretty true. You know, there is a spiritual fire that can be ignited in you. I think it's why we've kind of coined the phrase, you know, I'm on fire for Jesus, or lately I haven't felt very on fire for the Lord or whatever. 
It's because he's wanting to constantly kindle this burning passion and desire for him and his work and his people like in our hearts and our souls. And then he's given us these spiritual disciplines or habits to help those fires keep brewing. And prayer and time in his word and observing a Sabbath or fasting. But, but fellowship, community, Godly friendship with other people is such a powerful way to keep those spiritual fires lit. It's like, you know, when you barbecue, I'm not talking about the propane or the gas kind, but remember the, like the big Weber grill and you pour the charcoal briquettes in and you light those briquettes on fire and they have an ability to retain tremendous heat for a really long period of time. But what happens is when you remove one of those coals, just one, out from the rest, and you set it even two or three feet away, it cools off super fast. That's kind of the same for us relationally, especially when we're trying to live for Jesus is when the enemy is able to isolate us out, we just cool off really quick. That's why gathering here or in particular with small groups or some brothers and sisters that really keep those spiritual fires lit, they talk to you about it or hold you accountable in it. It's so key. Now the beauty is if you take that same briquette that's cooled off and reinsert it into the hot coals, it, it catches right back up again. And that's another gift that God gives us in the grace of spending time out and then coming back in. So, yes or grow. My friendships keep my spiritual fires lit. Number four, it's related. My friendships are regularly inviting in the ethic of Jesus. This is the cord of three strands. You know, I hope you got a brother or sister, someone that's real close, at least one good friend. You know, scripture tells us that where two or three are gathered, then the Lord's right there in our midst. And for him to be the third, him to be the hub of your friendships really makes it an unbreakable thing. If you're constantly inviting Jesus in, the ethic of Jesus, I'm talking about the, like, the way and the word of Jesus. Are, are you inviting in the ways of Jesus into your friendships? Like, do you, do you have a desire to reflect Jesus in his ways and his words? Are, are you surrounded by some little Christs that are always kind of reminding you of what it would be like if you got to actually be friends with Jesus? What a gift. I think that's absolutely key. So, yes or grow. My friendships are regularly inviting in the ethic the ways and the words of Jesus. Number five, my friendships intentionally are sought out and developed. Yes or grow? You intentionally seeking out and developing your friendships? Because you know, here's the thing, like when we're kids, friendships just kinda happen. Leilani, our, our third grader, we moved here from out of town six months ago, and uh, First day of school, she walked out with a friend on each arm. You know, that happens in third grade. Already by 10th and 11th grade, the grade my boys are in, doesn't happen. When I picked up my daughter and saw that, my first thought was, yeah, boys aren't doing that. 
and 10th and 11th grade boys aren't doing that. How much more so than adults aren't doing that either? Here's kind of the weird thing. A lot of us feel like, you know, Friendships will just naturally happen the way they did when we were kids. But what happens? We grow up and we have families and we have jobs and we have obligations. We've been burned a whole lot more than kids have to get a little bit standoffish and wise about some people. And so we get a little bit more lazy about seeking out friendships. And it's hard sometimes in the church too because I don't want to go to the connection lunch. I don't want to join a small group. That's going to be too awkward. Well, okay. In order to get to some of that special relationship and friendship that God has, we got to put ourselves in some uncomfortable places sometimes to take the chances sometimes. And so are your friendships intentionally sought out, meaning do you make time? Do you, do you say no to some stuff over here so that you can have more time for even just a couple good relationships over here? And then once you've got them, do you keep developing them? You know, the, the friendships, adults, once you've got them, we gotta remember to keep developing them because we also, we go, oh, we got friends, good. Now I can just, you know, be a total jerk and never tell you ever again what I think of you or what I appreciate in you. And that doesn't develop the friendship, you know, any more than in my marriage. Like a lot of you guys, you're, you be honest, you, you, you think this, I told my wife I loved her when I married her 10 years ago. So that's good now, right? I don't have to do it again. I told her when I gave her the ring. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work in marriage, it doesn't work in friendship that way. I don't think friends should have to guess about how much they mean to you. And so to be verbal with it or express it in service or whatever, I think is a real gift and that's the development of the friendship. So yes or grow. My friendships are intentionally sought out. They're not just gonna happen. And they're developed. Okay, number six. My friendships have healthy boundaries implemented. This is in a series of some of these statements where I wanna remind you this is okay. Friendships need healthy boundaries because something called codependency is actually a real thing where we uh, find our whole identity in another human being. We're looking for some other person to fill within us what only God can fill. That's a dangerous place to be. And we need to have healthy boundaries, even in our closest friendships. So yes or grow, do you have some boundaries? Or are you always, for some reason, in a place where your friends expect way too much of you and you just let it happen? This would be a struggle that I would have. And I would try to be there for everybody all the time. The problem is, I can't do it. We've moved a number of times now. I feel the weight of having to be best friends with everybody that I meet in every season that we've ever lived through and also in every location we've ever lived to. And then I bring them all with me and it's impossible. I can't be there for everyone always. You know who can? God. I'm not God. 
you're not him either. You're not omnipresent. And he's not expecting you to be there for everybody always. If they expect too much, you might just need to have a conversation. Or if you expect too much of yourself, talk about that to the Lord. If you say no to the friend that you're thinking about, what's the reaction? You'll tell an awful lot about how the friendship is and the quality of it by how they respond to a no in the relationship. Or temptations. We've gotta have boundaries with temptations, right? Because you're close with somebody and they start going through something, we've got a heart to go in there with them. Well, what scripture reminds us of is, hey, be careful. Watch yourself when you go help someone with their temptation, lest you fall to the same thing that they're getting sucked into. And so we've gotta be wise about how we operate. Having some healthy boundaries is okay. It's important. It's a good thing. So, yes or grow. My friendships have healthy boundaries implemented. Number seven, my friendships have life cycles. And again, I wanna reaffirm that's okay. So many of the friendships in scripture were for a particular season or God brought someone into their life for such a time as this. Now, I love Frank and Ollie, and I would love to have a friend for 65, 70 years, but that just doesn't always happen. But it also doesn't mean that it can't happen, even if you're a senior right now, you might not get to have 70 years in the bank with that friend, but you can have the quality of it in the next five to 10 or 20. But God brings people in and he brings people out. And you just might need to be encouraged or hear that you don't have to be friends with everybody forever. There are life cycles. You might move. They might move. God might just bring an end to it for some reason or another. And only you will be able to know and judge uh, what that is. There's something called the Dunbar number. The sociologist did a massive study and decided, figured out, how many relationships we're really able to handle. There's only about 150 that we can even recognize, just facially recognize, not even really super be in relationship with. The number is closer to between five and 10 people that you can be close friends with or best friends with. I'm talking the kind of friends that would drop anything to be there for you or the type of friends that uh, you would trust your kids with. Only five or 10, and that includes your family. So apologies for those of you that got 7,000 Facebook friends. <laughs> I can tell you right now, they don't all fall into the same category. It's not possible. Even Jesus, right? Jesus ministered to the crowds and the masses, and yet he spent most of his time with 12, and really with three, huh? And he had his life that he poured into them. But even of that, his ministry didn't start until he was in adulthood. Okay. So yes or grow. My friendships have life cycles sometimes. Number eight, we're almost there. My friendships vary by type. I hope your friendships vary by type, that you're not just friends with only Christians, or only people your stage of life, or 
Only work friends. Do your friendships vary by type? They could vary by type of like location. You might have some friends at church and you might have friends at work. You might have friends uh, playing pickleball. You might have friends that um, you go see movies with. Uh, You might have friends that vary by function. You know, you've got friends that you'll go to in an instant if you just need to cry or vent or let out, you just, because they're really good listeners. You might have other friends that vary by function in, they're just really good, wise people and they don't mind speaking the truth when you need to hear it. Those are good friends to have. You, you might have friends that are online friends. You might have friends that are older than you and you might have friends that are younger than you. I hope you do too because we're better for the variety of friends that God puts around us. I need the friendship from people older than me that have been around the block and have some wisdom to pour into me. And I believe there are people younger than me that I, at this stage in life, do have something to offer and pour into, or at least encourage. So, yes or grow, my friendships vary by type. And lastly, my friendships are a good balance of give and take, deposits and withdrawals. Yes or grow? Or are your friendships lopsided? Because the only trouble we really get into in these, this kind of transaction of friendship is when you try to make withdrawals or asks or needs from someone when you have never, ever deposited into them. That puts you and I on thin ice with our friendships. Good friendships are a healthy balance, a good balance of both give and take. So are you depositing into your friends of a healthy dose? And then maybe even a more odd question is, are you allowing other people to deposit into you? Because there's the irony of some people that are really good at pouring in, ironically turn out to be lousy at receiving any love. And it actually kind of stunts and limits the friendship that can be had because it's one directional. But the best friends that I have have had moments where I have poured a lot in, but I've also received a lot back from them, and vice versa. So, yes or grow, my friendships are a good balance of give and take, deposits and withdrawals. And I would love for you just to process which of these areas God could you grow me in, either me personally or could you bring some people to me that would help. How many of you have at least one area as we go through this, you go, this is a growth area for me. Anybody have one or more? Okay, cool, thank you very much. I think that's really key for me and you. And just invite the Lord in because he, he wants to help, he wants to grow. He's there for you in that. How many of you have a desire to be a better friend next month or six months from now than you are now, even if you're already a good friend. I do. It's such a key area that the Lord's gonna use. My boys are just a year apart from each other, 10th and 11th grade right now, but when they were going into eighth grade, I did this thing where I took a one-on-one road trip with each of them. And and so they got to pick where they were going. We jumped in the car and uh, for a week, I just spent that one-on-one time with them. And it was really special. It was really great. 
did the next thing with my other boy the next year. What was crazy was I already knew how different they were, but it was so vivid on that trip. On the road trip, I found out that my oldest, he really just likes the destination. He's so excited about where we're headed and what we're gonna do when we get there. And my younger, on the other hand, he could kind of care less about where we were going about the destination. He just liked the journey. He just liked getting from point A to point B. And the diversity of friends that you and I are gonna have, that's gonna be the case. You're gonna have all sorts of different types of friends with different interests. And on the road trip of life, I don't know, the destination, it matters, but so does the journey. What the most important thing though, I think is, who's taking the ride with you? What companions do you have? What type of friendships do you have while we're going through this crazy, absurd journey of life? And what kind of friend can you and I be? We started a little bit of the thinking, a little bit of the assessment, and we'll see what God has for us in the weeks to come. Speaking of friendships, uh, one of my dear friends, actually one of my first friends here was a guy named Neil. And uh, Pastor Neil is our location pastor here at Brownsburg. And I'm gonna invite him out uh, because he's gonna lead us in a time of communion as we wrap up. But his friendship has just meant the world to me because even before he knew how much I needed it, he opened up his heart and then he opened up his family and his home uh, to me and mine. And all those trips coming back and forth, it was such a pleasure, it's such a gift, Neil, and I'm so, super thankful for that. But before I pray and before we enter communion, I wanna give you just like 30 seconds. Think about a friend, whoever God brings to mind first. I've got a number in mind this morning. Neil and his family have been on my heart this last couple of days. But I want you to do something for 30 seconds. Pick one of two things. Think of the friend you're thinking of and then I would like you to do this. I would like you to either Get your phone out and text your friend that you're thinking about some encouragement. Just, hey, I'm just thinking about you and I just wanted to say I'm thankful for your friendship, that's it. Or you already know how much I care for you, just wanted you to know I'm praying for you right now. Or I don't think I've said it in a long time, but you mean a lot, what, I don't care, whatever it is. Whoever you think of, text a friend or, or, Pray for a friend. Pray for the friend that God's placed on your heart, whatever it might be. Or maybe pray for the friend that you need to come. Pray that God would bring that friend to you that he knows you need and you desire. So take 30 seconds, 45 seconds, text a friend or pray for a friend. Ready? Go for it.
Awesome. Well, you can continue the prayer and the texting long after you leave here today. But I'd like to pray for us and then Pastor Neil walk us through a time of communion together, okay? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the friendship that you desire with us, that you did everything possible so that we could be in friendship with you. Thank you that you didn't leave us just as servant and master relationship, but you expanded the scope of our relationship to friendship. Lord, now, would you just help us? You know the needs that are represented here and online of friendship. So Lord, just continue to work in us, grow us however you see fit. Help us be the type of friend we need to be. Surround us with the kind that we need to, all for your glory and your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.